What's up, guys? It's Mickey, and welcome back to another episode of Blank Canvas. Can y'all hear the rain outside? Oh, yeah. It feels like such a vibe. Good OG Blank Canvas episode. And y'all already know when the rain is going, it's kind of chill. I got my ambiance set up. You guys are in for a treat. So at the time you guys will be hearing this, I think it'll be a Memorial Day. So I hope you guys had a fun weekend and please be safe in your travels, whether there and back. And don't worry, I won't feel bad if you don't play me at the beginning. I'll give you guys a pass. You guys don't have to play me on this Monday. You guys can listen to me on the way back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or I can be your little pick-me-up during the week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm okay with whenever you choose to listen to me, even if it's right before you go to sleep. I do want to say that in our new podcast home that we're at, we get to see a different level of statistics. And I just want to say shout out to the people who listen to Blink Canvas off of a PS5 and an Xbox. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you are from. Because BK is steadily growing. I, you know, back in the day in our beginning episodes when we were first started and growing, I would shout out all the different countries. Guys, I am so blessed to say, and I am beyond ecstatic and grateful to you guys to say that there are so many countries coming in now. I would be here all day trying to name all of our members from all over the world. So I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys don't understand the impact. I don't care if it's one person from that different country. I don't care if it's one person from that different state. Like, guys, I get chills when I think about other people around the world, other people in America listening to little old me. And hopefully, hopefully we're achieving the goal of feeling seen, feeling heard, feeling understood. It is, it's mind boggling, right? So I just want to say thank you to you guys. I still notice you guys, It all your love and support does not go unnoticed. I Glory to God that we're still growing. Glory to God and thank you to you guys. Thank you to the people who don't believe in God but still listen and know that there's a high chance that at some point I'm going to bring up God or a testimony in my episode, but you still tune in to listen. Thank you for the people who listen because of laughter. Maybe you guys can laugh at my pain. And I can be a bright spot to your day. Thank you guys for that. Thank you to the people who come to learn something new. In some of our episodes, we talk about trauma bonds or parentification and different things of that nature. Growing up in abusive households, you guys maybe can learn something new. Thank you to the people who just, you know, we feel like family at this point. You guys have been following the journey since the beginning and we are family. So thank you to our old BK family members. Thank you to our new BK family members. Thank you if you've only listened one time and was like, oh, not for me. Never want to tune in again. That is okay. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for it all. And you guys have no idea how much this means to me. If you guys knew the details, even the details of the journey that I have put out can't even encompass and 
uh, really paint the full scope and picture of how impactful it is to see me steadily growing. So thank you guys for listening. And um, I love you guys. All right. So first thing that I want to talk about in this week's episode is the price you pay for living at home. You know, some people say, oh my God, you should be so grateful to live at home. You are getting benefits that, you know, you can't get in the real world. They be so they tell you, don't be so quick to grow up. Like it sucks. And it does, but um I can't even lie. All of it is paying bills is worth having your own spot to me. Um going to a job and being able to, you know, have dependent income, everything, all of that is worth it to me. And I know that after you graduate and stuff, everybody kind of has different journeys. And then for my class that graduated in 2020, whoa, we went through hell, did we not? Because we went through the typical, what are we supposed to do after we graduate? But we graduated when the world was shutting down. And now, whether you were a college graduate or you were just an adult trying to survive this economy, more than likely you have lived back at home at some point within these past couple of years. You still currently live at home or um, whether or not you went to college or not, you know an adult who has been out for years who had to move back in, whether it's with their family, their kids, and one household becomes a multi-generational household because nobody can afford where they live. And if rent has gone up all over the country, everywhere, just know that we are all feeling this burden and this uh, hard time and just inconvenience that it is. So, I've seen, I've talked to different people since I can have like a personal testimony and experience to this. I've also seen a lot of different YouTube videos, different IG posts. And one of the most accurate things that I have seen about living at home is, um, especially if you don't pay rent, they say, oh, it's okay because you, you may not pay rent, but you pay for it with your mental health. And you do. It's just a fact. Um, Unless you just enjoy living at home, which most adults don't. Now, there are some adults who don't care. They love it, whatever. There are also other cultures and other family dynamics that would prefer you be at home. All right? You're trying to run out and they're like, where are you going? Stay. We love you. We want to feed you. We want to be, we want to spend time with you. We want to grow with you. You're pregnant? Have the baby. Let's take care of it. Let's be multi-generational, you know, like let's be like a real family kind of community. And I'm and I'm not saying for the people who don't do that, they're not real family. Family is whatever you make it, whoever you want it to be, okay? I'm just saying like there's so many different ends of the spectrum. But for the most part, especially when you're a young adult, and especially if you're a person like me who never wanted to come back home. Yeah, sometimes God's funny. I'd rather say he's funny than like evil and sick and cruel because I know he's not those things. But I promise you, if I didn't know that God wasn't a good loving God, I would think he is the most atrocious, um, evil person, God, parent, all the things that he is like you know they'd be like i am and then you tag whatever you need for that season i would have been like he is an asshole 
right? Ooh, do you know how many religious people are going to get mad that I just put asshole and God in the same sentence? But I did. That's how I would have felt if I didn't know that he is a good loving father. And there's a reason. There's a reason you have to know him for yourself because life will put you in situations where it makes you want to question God's character. Life will make you deal with different people where it will make you want to question God's character, make you want to question God's goodness. And it's so easy to do. It's so easy to do. That's why you have to be firm in your relationship with him. You have to be firm in your word and you got to know what he said, not what other people have taken parts of the Bible and been like, oh, this is part of this story. And God never said it. It was like somebody else. But then they made it like a rule for everybody. Like it's in the Bible and it's what God said. Did God say that? What was the context behind that? What was the time period behind that? Who is this message going to? Is this literal or is this metaphorical? Like it's so many things. People just read it as black and white, but it's so much more than that. And if it was, if that was all it would be, he would just tell us to read the book and live the life according to the book. But he doesn't. He still wants us to know him. And even if people really read the book, like it's, it's mentioned, we will not understand everything. We will not know everything because like I always say, why would we need him? So you do pay a price for the most part. Um, some people enjoy living back at home. Some people, it really feels like a break. Um, others, it does not. And it's just learning to manage a new level of stress. I think I fall in the category of it does not feel like a break. Uh, crazy thing about it is when I said out loud that I hated it, people felt like I was complaining. It made other people feel uncomfortable. They didn't like it. So then I stopped saying anything at all, put a smile on my face and just did it, just survived, right? Then people started saying, oh my God, she must be loving this. She must be getting comfortable. In case I needed to say this for the world and for anybody who listens, I am in the most uncomfortable place I have ever been in my life. At least when I was a child, this was my home. Now that I'm an adult, I just have no home. <laughs> That's how I feel. Like I have no home because my home would be run like my house. My home would whoever and whatever can come over whenever they want. If I even want people over, like my home would be my thing. My home, I'd wake up and see myself, to be honest, you know, like my home would be mine. I, I live, I function <laughs> underneath somebody else's guidance. I function underneath other people's boundaries. Like this is my little brother's home. This isn't my home. I'm, I feel like I'm just, I am a guest, you know, that I'm a very long, long, long guest at this point. And to be honest, who knows? They probably feel the same. I've overstayed my welcome. I know I feel that way, but take it up with God, okay? Take it up with this economy, okay? <laughs> Trust, I, I want to be gone just as much as everybody who isn't going to help me be gone wants me gone. I want to be doing certain things just as much as everybody who isn't going to help me do them do them and I want to be out of everybody's hair as much as I possibly can um it's in my nature 
It's the way I was raised. It's just, it's a lot, right? So for the people who live at home and you pay the price with your mental health, I completely understand. I am praying for you and myself and we will survive. Hopefully. (laughs) So I want to read this article from refinery29.com. And this article was written in 2019. So this is even pre-pandemic, right? Um, I know there are way more updated things that that have come out since then. But this one was very interesting. And I thought it was kind of to the point to help paint the picture for people who don't understand. So they said, moving back home after college has its obvious perks, saving money on rent, taking a breather after years of academic rigor, and mooching off of your parents, laundry machine, and HBO account, just to name a few. According to a Pew data, it's more common for millennials to move home with their parents than previous generations, and about 15% of college grads do it. But moving home can also take a toll on your mental health. At home, you may have less privacy, which is true, more rules, which is true, because think about when you live by yourself, even if you have less rules than you did as a child, you still have more rules than you would for yourself if you lived on your own. And that's just a fact, which can lead to increased psychological stress during a crucial growth time in your life. The um, And I think that's why so many of the younger generation is struggling more often than not with a quarter life crisis, because we deal with shit like this when we're supposed to be discovering ourselves and learning ourselves, And we're not even in spaces where we even have the time to discover ourselves because too many people in our lives are trying to tell us who we are, what we should be doing, how it should look, even though they're not going to help us get there, nor um, are they going to be consistent because the same ones that may tell you, like, you have the space to figure it out will change as soon as stress, problems, bills, and everything comes along. The article also said it's hard to go from being on your own, doing your own things, you know, basically having your own kind of lifestyle to now having the parent tell you how to do this, where you have to be in things of that nature. And they even mentioned that although you might feel more mature, it's very common for people to regress psychologically when faced with a tense situation around their family. And I think that's true, and I think that that I'll have to break that down and do more research and make that an episode within itself about how we regress psychologically when we have to deal with the stresses of living back at home after you've already lived by yourself or experienced it, and then throw homes that deal with a lot of trauma and chaos or just decisions are being made that are life-changing decisions that affect everybody think about that on top of it, I'm pretty sure it's it's different. It's crazy. And they in the article, they go on to say uh, how you can, you know, help with it, which is like clear boundaries and everything. Um, they also talked about how loneliness is an epidemic. And it, this is in 2019. And I want you to know those numbers have probably doubled and quadrupled at this point. Because loneliness is becoming a crisis. I'm seeing way more people speak out about it, talk about it, um, and try to combat things. You know, we have, we can connect easier than ever, but at the same time, we're not connecting in person. At the same time, ever since the pandemic, it kind of taught us how to get around connection even more. You know, social media was already a thing that, yes, it kept us connected, but a lot of times it also keeps us separated. We can connect from a distance. We can connect at uh, a certain type of angle aspect, you know, and it can be 
it can be a double fold kind of thing because yes, social media is good, but it also has its cons, which are too many to list right now. And you know, everything comes with balance. And as we all know, loneliness can affect your mental health in a big way because humans are a social species. So it's worth to find new ways to connect with people, even if you feel miles apart. So besides establishing clear boundaries and communicating with your parents, They also said that it's very important because living at home can affect your mental health. Make sure it's a necessity and not like, uh, let me try it out. Now, if you try it out and you still have the means to leave, then okay, experiment. But for the people, I would recommend making it a last-ditch effort unless you don't mind being at home, unless your home, you know, is like a home where you can... Imagine having a mental health crisis and then you're in a home where either other people are having mental health crisis or it's always something. It's always an issue. It's always a problem. Nothing is ever calm. Or if it's calm, it's literally probably 24 hours. And then the stress of bills, the stress of life and everything is going to come up day after day after day. Imagine trying to figure that out. Imagine trying to also just... I don't know, discover yourself. I don't even understand how people, because I'm listening to some of my other peers and I listen when they be like, I know this of myself. I've discovered this of myself. And I used to talk like that. I did. And I find myself more often than not, don't even have time or the ability to really know myself. And I know there are so many people be like, well, oh my God, what else are you doing? A lot, a lot. The fact that I'm not suicidal right now. A lot. Seriously. I'm just being like, for real. The fact that I'm not suicidal, I'm doing a lot of work just to stay afloat. Not, I don't even have time for the self-discovery stuff. Like, what do you like, girl? I mean, because I'll be honest with my BK fam, part of me like gave up on, (sighs) giving up isn't the right word. It's been put on the back burner. Like, I don't have time to do things or discover things that I like. Those things take money, right? And even if it's something that doesn't necessarily take money, it would take a certain amount of time. And people don't really want you to enjoy your life. People don't, when they can't do it, they don't want you to do it. And even if they can, people still have their own expectations of what it should look like and how it should be done and what you should be doing. So you don't really have the time to do those things or you're not really encouraged to do those things or if you are do it at your own risk because people will be wishy-washy and change their opinions and I've talked about this on multiple different episodes I just want to really quickly read some other people's perspective because this person on reddit said living at home is free because you pay with your mental health Another person said, um, post-college, I paid rent, had to do chores, and I still couldn't go out with friends or use my car because they got it for me. Thanks, Thank goodness that's over. I feel so bad for people who have to experience, well, my name's on it, or I bought it for you. Like, if you're going to give something to somebody, give it. If you're still going to have all these other stipulations and stuff around it, just don't. Because then I'm going to be like, it's yours. Is yours because you moving like it, you talking like it is yours. And I don't care what what you try to say on a good day, it's yours if you're moving and talking like that. Somebody else said, I pay with my physical health too. A few months into after my college imprisonment, 
That is the funniest thing because it's so true. A few months into after my college imprisonment, the accumulated stress of not knowing if I would be able to leave caused me to suffer symptoms of hypertension, um, hypotension, migraines, and extreme sinus pain all in the course of a week. Meanwhile, I haven't suffered as much as a common cold in the time that I have been without my family. No contact was a necessary decision to preserve my life. Wow. Somebody said I made the mistake of asking for an actual bed to sleep in rather than sleep than a sleeping bag and a bedroll on the floor since I was the only child paying rent while also attending uh, college full time. That got me relocated to the street outside with the army recruiting office with two choices, sign up or live on the street. That's all. Ooh, the manipulation to join the army, especially when they target target uh, people who are closer to poverty. Don't get me started on that. Don't give me, I need a, I need a whole section and I don't have time for this episode because it's full on manipulation. You know, they used to just force you to sign up back in the day. Now they manipulate you to sign back up. It's like, do you want to eat? Do you want to pay for books? Go put your life on the line for a country that may not give a fuck about you. Yeah. Yeah. Wealthy people don't even have to worry about dying for it. They just wake up and they live their life. Poor people, we got to consider, do I want to die? Do I want to die? Do I want to risk dying just to get my basic needs met? Is it worth it? And a lot of times they make it seem worth it, but it's not. It is not. Somebody say your words are true, even in the constant alertness, queasiness, wrongness from being in the same building as them. She's speaking of her family. You just don't know what's going to happen next. And I hate every day that I moved back in. Somebody else said, my mom expects me to be at her beck and call 24-7. She yells at me from across the house to get her tissues or do mundane tasks that she could have spent less time and effort doing herself rather than yelling and waiting. And then this one, I think I'll just end with this one. As someone who's questioning in the back of my mind to move back and I tell myself it's easier. Thank you because you're right. And they put a broken heart emoji, meaning like she is debating it and she's questioning, should I do it? It'll be easier, yada, yada, yada. But she's reading all these different responses of how real it can get because it's quote unquote easier. I think it's like pick your poison and pick your heart. Like I said, I'd rather pay bills all day, every day and still have my peace of mind. All day, every day. I'd rather still be able to function and not have to be dependent on other people in certain ways. All day every day I was already mentally prepared for that life and God gave me the life that he gave me I wasn't prepared for like I had I had been preparing since childhood for this chapter of my life and then I got there and God was like oh that's that was cute this is this is what you're really going to be going through so all that work and preparedness that you think that you have it's okay because I've changed the plans So yeah, I'll just end it with that because it goes on and on and people share their different stories and I feel bad for the people who do have to pay rent and still pay with their mental health, right? So I just want to say if you still live at home and you're paying with your mental health, sorry, sorry, um, bless your heart. Bless all of our hearts. We're we're struggling together, (laughs) y'all.
Okay, so the next thing that I want to talk about is when we have moments where we don't feel like rejoicing, we're not grateful to be alive, or we're not happy. And I think no matter whether you just, no matter which religion you follow, or if you don't even like religion and you have your own personal intimate relationship with God, and I'm not judging, I feel like the most important thing, even on top of religion, is having your own intimate relationship with God. I feel like we all can have these different emotions and experiences. Um, kind of piggybacking off, living at home and different things. I have definitely experienced times where I, I wake up and I'm not grateful to be alive. Um, I say it, you know, is like a routine prayer because sometimes I have to still speak it even when I don't feel it. I have to still love, even though if I may feel not like extending love to this person at this time. Um, I can't, my feelings are checkpoints. They are not like the overall be all. They're not facts all the time, right? Like my feelings can tell me, like I may be pissed about a situation, but it may not be the fact of the situation. The fact is that I'm pissed. Now, is it the fact of the situation? Like maybe the reason that I'm feeling? Probably not, you know, because when you do the root work, like that's not why that situation probably happened. But did it trigger me to feel angry or sad or something? Sure. My facts are check-in points for myself. Hey, you need to check this out. Hey, this is bothering you. Let's get to the root of why this is bothering you. That kind of thing. But it does not determine that it's the fact of the whole situation in general. This also will tie into, I'm trying to figure out the best way to word it. This will also tie into when people tell you like God gives you a word and then those very same people who you may have told and then others don't know, of course, so they can't speak to it. But God will give you a word and go against God word, go against God's word or help, you know, put doubts in your head or help feed the doubts that you may have personally already had in your head. And it can be hard to wake up and run and rejoice. It can be hard to want to trust God's word. So I have a verse for the days when we don't feel like rejoicing and it's John 16, 33. And the new international version reads like this. It says, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace in this world. You will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And that's a scripture that I will read when I need a little uh, renewing of my faith, a little strength poured down into me. And when I have to kind of motivate myself to keep going, even when I don't feel like it, God is such a good loving father that he warns us like, hey, before you pick up this cross, you know, to carry this burden, I want you to know what comes along with it. Before you go out and tell people my word, I want you to know you will be persecuted. Um, before you were just my child, just living in this fallen world, I want you to know, take heart. You know, like FYI, warning, you're going to have some bad moments. Warning, this journey will not be easy. Warning, there will be people who will change up on you. But take heart because I have overcome this world and I will give you the peace that you need to, so, you know, I kind of, I hope that kind of helps somebody who's been struggling with trying to keep going. I hope that helps somebody who's like, yo, it's back to back, blow after blow after blow. Here's your reminder, take heart because God has overcome this world. Take heart because he will give you the peace and the strength that you need to continue. Now, going back 
how people will kind of, whether they know it or not. And for the people who don't know what God has told you, you can kind of expect them. Although they shouldn't, but it's more normal than not for people to give you unsolicited advice and their unsolicited opinions about your life and where you should be. And then when people do know and they still be like, well, did God change what he told you? God still told you that? Because people will believe in what God showed you until it starts looking crazy. Until people start need find, uh, financials from you, money from you, a need, an idea of how to figure out how to pay certain bills or um, how to get out of certain debts. It's kind of like the college thing. People will say, oh, I gave you the option, but they didn't really give you like an option. They were like, oh, you're... It's a job or it's college, but in the same breath, they're going to be like, oh, I was, I've been praying for my child to get a full ride. I want them to do this and that and this and that and this, and I just hope this and that, but then they're also going to say at the same time, but I didn't, when it comes to certain classes, oh, they're going to take this. They're going to go after this because this is great. But then when I, they're, I'm telling you, but then they're going to say, but I never forced them that way. I knew for a fact I couldn't fail in school. Thank God I was good at it, but I knew I didn't have an option. Now, could I have maybe brought home a back grade or two? Sure. But I think it was because it was so rare for me to do it that people were like, oh, I guess you do got to fail sometime, right? You know? But I knew for a fact that I didn't have an option. And let's be honest, from our parents, from the people that talked to us at school, they made it seem like you didn't go to college. You were going to be working at McDonald's for the rest of your life, right? That's the way they made it seem. And now everybody can change their tune now that the dead is coming. But... That is the way they made it seem to us because I've even asked my other peers who graduated at the same time with me. And a lot of us, whether it was at home, from school, or a combination of both, the way they made it seem like was you better get a college degree if you want to make money. You better get a college degree if you want to be able to not just survive, but thrive kind of thing, right? But as soon as all the student loans are coming, as soon as people are making money from different ways, as soon as uh, just a few people who have a high status say, well, college may not be what it used to be back in the day. Now everybody want to change their tune. But for a lot of us, it was too late. We were already in there. I've talked about how I was very okay to drop out. When they wanted to cut my financial aid my sophomore year, I was very okay. And everybody looked at me like, what? You're dropping out? No, let's just figure it out. Are you even trying to stay? Like, let's just figure it out. I was very okay with walking away. The degree doesn't really hold the same weight when they don't see you necessarily moving in your field. It was fun to brag on, I have a child in college. It was fun to brag on, oh my God, I'm so proud of you. You have your degree. Yay. But when is that turning the same profit that you expected? Or when it's not on the timeline of society? Then it's like, oh, is it that great? Should you have taken that path? And there will be, that's just an example education-wise. But there are so many different things that God tells us, whether it's to move to a new city, stop working, do this, help out this kind of way. There are visions and things or keep being nice to someone who is an asshole to you. (laughs) There are so many different things that God can tell us, right? And there will be people in your corner, close or not, 
that will be like, oh, it sounds good. And then life starts happening or life starts testing what God told you to do. Because if people thought God just gives a word and then it's like, oh, okay, everything's going to be smooth sailing because I'm just following along the path that God told me to follow along. I'm just here to tell you, if you didn't know, it doesn't work that way. I talk about all the time on BK, how we have ups, downs, twists, turns, this and that. It does not always work that way. And just because you know for a fact that's where you're supposed to be, please don't ever get it twisted that (laughs) you won't be tested on it. There won't be situations that will be like, this is an easier route. This is a better way. I should stop doing this kind of thing. But the picture is always bigger than you. It's always bigger than you. There are so many different moving pieces, so many different moving parts, and God is always continuously working that we can't see everything that he's doing. We can't feel everything he's doing, which is why a lot of times we are annoyed as hell with everything that he does, right? Unless it's like, oh, God bless me with money. We ain't annoyed with that, right? Unless we're like being ungrateful for the amount, like, damn, you know, God, like I could have had a little more or God bless me with this. We ain't upset with that. But what happened when he told you to hold on to this word and time is passing? What happens when he told you to keep doing this thing, but everybody is talking about you? Even the people that you didn't expect to talk about you. What happens when everybody starts putting doubt in your head and or feeding the doubt you already personally had in your head? And I remember PD preached on Job one time and he was talking about Job's wife. And, you know, she always gets a bad rap because she said, why don't you curse God and die? kind of thing. PD said that people will say things out of a place of pain that they may not mean. And at the time that I heard that I needed that because I kind of had a a year and a half recently of dealing with people saying some stuff that I thought I would never hear out of their mouths. And I had to continuously ask God, give me grace because they're speaking from a place of pain. Don't let me respond in anger. Don't let me respond in pain. Don't let me act out of my flesh. Don't let me stop serving because it's bigger than me. And no matter how many darts people are throwing from at every angle, I still have to be accountable for what God told me to do, right? No matter how difficult it is, no matter how uneasy it is, no matter how much I never wanted this for my life at all, I still have to be accountable for what he told me to do. And I know that it's easier, it doesn't feel great, but it's easier when it comes from people you don't expect it from. But it can come from even your loved ones or even from people who tell you, listen to God, follow God and all this kind of stuff. And when it comes from the people you least expect, um, it can be harmful, it can be more detrimental, and it can be hurtful. But let me read this to you and then I'll dive into it. It says, Job second test. One day the angels came again to present themselves before the Lord and Satan, the accuser, came with them. Where have you come from? The Lord asked Satan. And Satan answered the Lord. I've been going back and forth across the earth watching everything that's going on. I could pause right there and do a whole episode on what Satan said. This man said, I have been going back and forth across the earth watching everything that's going on. I don't have time to jump into that. Then the Lord asked Satan, have you ever, have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth, a man of complete integrity. I want y'all to see right there. God said, 
Let me read it again in case you miss it. Then the Lord, one more time. Then the Lord asked Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? Not him out here volunteering us. Hold up. (laughs) Hold up, God. Like, you know, I want to pick it for myself anyways. And I don't need you to volunteer me. Like, let's be for real. There have been some situations that I'm pretty sure all of us have dealt with, some things that we have encountered. And you be looking like, I know, look, I know this world is a little karmic, right? And I know I ain't been perfect, but sheesh, all of this? I know I did not bring all of this on myself. Like, I saw a couple of blows coming and I said, let me tone it down. I know I should have some good karma coming. What happens when God volunteers you for the trouble? I've talked about this before. PD has said it so many times. When God can trust you with trouble, it is one of the highest honors, okay? When God can trust you to still be you, and trouble is around you, ooh, that's a different level of trust, right? So then he says, he fears God and will have nothing to do with evil. And he has maintained his integrity, even, even though you persuaded me to harm him without cause. Satan replied to the Lord, skin for skin. He blesses you only because you bless him. A man will give up everything he has to save his life, but take away his health and he will surely curse you to your face. All right, do with him as you please, the Lord said, but spare his life. So Satan left the Lord's presence and he struck Job with a terrible cause of boils from head to foot. Now, some people are listening to that and they're like, no, God did not allow this evil. Yeah, he did. Not only did he volunteer him, but he allowed it. But who gave the final command? God. He said, but spare his life. Meaning that he, he had to have permission from God to take him out if he wanted to. Just in case anybody really wanted to know who's really running things around here, prime example, God's still in control, even when Satan is roaming back and forth in our lives and on this earth. Just wanted to let you guys know that. All right. Finally, then Job scraped his skin with a piece of broken pottery. As he sat among the ashes, his wife said to him, are you still trying to maintain your integrity? Curse God and die curse God and die. But Job replied, you talk like a godless woman. Should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? So in all this, Job said nothing wrong. Now Job is really long, right? And it goes for a minute because Job went through hell and then some and then hell and then some. And then he had friends trying to tell him this is your fault because you did this, this and this. And then he had a wife telling him curse why don't you just curse God and die? And the irony of that is that is the conversation between Lucifer himself, the devil, and God. He His whole point was to try to get Job to curse him, right? And he said, as soon as you do this, he'll curse you. But it wasn't Job. It wasn't Job. It was his wife. What do we do when God gave us a word and the people around us placed doubt? What do we do? When the people around us and our loved ones and our trusted sources are the ones who are basically in their own ways saying, fuck what God told you, bills need to be paid. Fuck what God told you, life is happening now. Or in the words of Job's wife, curse God and die. Why don't you just curse God and die? The same exact words Satan said himself. When you see even the people closest to you start speaking against what God has said. 
I don't care if you want to be like, I could be getting this wrong. I'm not a Bible scholar. Correct me for all my Bible scholars. But when God was like, get behind me, Satan, when I think he was talking to Peter, I think I could be wrong, guys. I don't care if you got to start talking to people like that. Get behind me, Satan. As soon as they say it out of their mouth, get behind me, Satan. Or you say it in your hand. Whoa. Okay. You're speaking against what God told me, which lets me know I'm not supposed to be listening to you right now. And it's not to say don't take constructive criticism. It's not to say don't check in if this is where God still has you or what you're supposed to be doing. Absolutely doing that. But when people start going against or making you question, like, did God still say that? Oh, is he really? He still wants you to do this? When you start getting those doubts placed, whether it's on purpose or not, because pressure will make people talk. And PD, he helped me see that scripture and people, humans in general, in a whole different way. People would say the ugliest of things out of pain. Everybody doesn't do that. Some people shut up, right? But then a lot of people, when they're in pain, they take the opportunity to lash out. And I've talked about this before, whether it's in a regular argument or a um something big like this, you got to be careful with the words that you say because you can apologize. You can be accountable for them all day long, but you cannot take them back. You cannot undo it. When you want to hit people, no matter who it is, you can apologize. You're going to be accountable all day long, but you can't take it back, right? You can say, I'm sorry for doing it, but the deed is done. And they can forgive you or not. It's up to that person. The same way, even when you spew out venom, they can forgive you or not, but it's up to that person. When you start getting slick comments here and there, people are going to be like, oh, I didn't really mean it that way. Do you have an attitude about that? But you knew what you were doing. You knew what you were saying. God and PD helped me understand that humans are, and I listened to since the beginning episodes, how many times do I tell you guys, humans are wishwashy. Humans are wishwashy. Humans are wishwashy. Humans are some of the most fickle people. And I don't care if they are loved ones or not. And I had to sit down and I had to ask God, how you already know that I'm over this, right? I've been over it for a long time. You know that I'm over this. You know that I can easily take a different path, shut everybody up and disappear. One of the reasons, can I just be real with you guys? One of the reasons I think God won't let me disappear and meet all my needs by myself it's because he knows that I'll get my needs met, pay the debt back. I feel like I'm in a, I feel like I have the, you know how sometimes people have the feeling of, I, I just want to pay them back. I know they helped me, but I want to pay that back. I feel like that with certain people. I've never experienced that before I graduated college. I absolutely, absolutely feel like that with certain people. I pray every day for God to put me in a position to pay people back. It used to be that I wanted to bless just just because and now it's like i'll bless just because but i also want to bless because i've heard it i've heard the comments i've heard it being brought up i've heard well i'm gonna instruct so and so to take a different path i've heard it i felt it um whether it was in the questions whether it was in the comments whether it was in the actions i've heard it and i have to ask God, if I'm in this position where I'm trying to have faith to keep going, I'm trying to keep doing what you told me to do, I can try my hardest to block out everybody. And for the most part, I blocked out outside sources, right? But then they started coming from in-house more and more and more. And 
inside voices sounded just like the voices and the questions from the outside. What do you do? Right? What do you do? We have to be like Job, even when his friends wanted to try to put the blame on him or change it. Got to be different. Even when his wife wanted him to change or to be different, you know, just curse God and die. You have to do different. And it is hard. It is so freaking hard. But you have to shut out the voices, even when it comes from the people that you love. And everybody's not like that. If you can find at least one person, no matter the season, the weather, no, even the pressures of life don't make them fold, that's rare. When I say rare, it's rare. So far, out of the millions of different situations that I've been in my life since I've been in a child, I could probably count on one hand how many people have folded and not. How many people, no matter whether I'm telling them my vagina's falling off, I have zero dollars in my account to eat, so many different like major life things, I can probably count on one hand how many people have folded and who haven't. And I can tell you more often than not, more people have folded. And even with the different situations and people have no idea what I've been through. Even the people closest to me really have no idea. I'm not the person to talk about it, nor do I really want to talk about it with people who would be wishy-washy. You know what I mean? I've been put in situations with certain people to fold and not one has made them fold. Not one, not one where they have had to come back. And I mean, sometimes people will fold and you have to give them the grace because they're human, right? They're not perfect, they're human. So you do give them the space and the grace and you love them, right? And you forgive them. But for the people, no matter what it was, what was being done, what was being said, whether they were pissed at me or not, they did not fold over the millions of situations, yo, I honor you. I thank you. And I love you. Because mm, people look at my life from the outside and think this journey is easy. But if they understood the daily battle, people wouldn't say the things that they say. People wouldn't question the way that they question. And maybe they would. Maybe they would. They're human. I don't know. But for the people that never questioned the path that God had me on, thank you. For the people that, whether it was this situation or other situations in the past, you showed up and showed out. No slut shaming, no judging, no none of that. Thank you. For the people who are pissed at me, but still loved me and was still kind, didn't have to curse at me, didn't have to nag me and berate me you could still listen to me and just be there thank you because people say that that's rare but I think it's even rarer than we really realize and I'm not saying I've been perfect to other people because I have not I absolutely have not but every time I see it in my life it makes me check me how am I doing this to other people? How am I showing up for other people? How can I be better for other people? Because this situation made me feel icky. This situation made me, didn't make me feel the greatest. But here I am, right? And I just, I cannot thank the people enough who didn't change up. No matter what situation it was, didn't change up. No matter how upset they were at me, didn't change up. 
I, it's just nice not to be cursed out. It's nice not to be nagged at all the time. It's nice not to, to be able to leave the house with your dollars and be like, oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> we're going to eat. You're fine. <laughs> like that's life. We're fine. We're going to eat. We're going to figure it out. I can't thank those people enough. For the people who never make me question myself, I can't thank those people enough. Because the wishy-washiness will come from the outside and the inside, even the people that love you. Now, the people who love you may not have the same intentions from the outside. They may not be trying to cause you harm, but again, they're human. And I don't want to make it seem like they're the worst people in the world. They're not. They're just human. And so I feel like if you have experiences with people who they don't fold no matter what, and it's not to say that maybe they just hadn't folded yet, you know, life coming everybody quick. Maybe they just hadn't folded yet. But for the people who work extra hard to not and to be like, okay, this is life. Let's really take it on together, you know, in whichever way that needs to be done. Thank you. That is a rare, a rare gem. And so I say that all to say that um, I want to remind my BK fam that you will get questions from in-house and out. Although their intentions may not be the same, it doesn't matter who it's coming from, whether they love you or they don't, stay on the path God has you on. Ignore all voices. Shut everybody out if you have to and only listen to his. Stay at the the feet of Jesus be in his presence because Satan knows how to use everybody whether it's your wives whether it's your husbands your mothers your fathers your siblings your best friends he'll use anybody to make you question yourself to make you doubt yourself and to make all of us in our own ways curse God he'll do it and God may even allow him right like, let's look at it. God may even allow him. But the irony of the wife saying the exact same thing he wanted Job to do and she wasn't even there in the conversation emphasizes the importance of we f- we face two battles every single day in the real world and in the spiritual realm. And we have to be careful. And we got to stay alert. And we got to stay in the word. And we got to stay in God's presence because it's a real deal battle out here, y'all. A real deal battle. And so I just want to encourage somebody who feels like giving up, please keep going, take heart. And for anybody else who is um, just kind of like teetering with the voices of everyone else, don't worry, don't stress, stay steadfast and focused, okay? And trust what God said, no matter what financial situations are coming up, no matter um, what other people are saying, you trust his word everywhere, everybody else's, even your loved ones. And I will stand 10 toes down on that. All right. I love you guys. I hope that that helped as much as that possibly could. And again, thank you guys so much for all the love and support you give me. I can't wait to see what we talk about next time. All right, guys. Bye. Something really quickly that I wanted to add as we discuss in this episode dealing with um, questioning, like when people make you question what God told you or just living at home and dealing with different mental health situations and everything. 
Um, I understand both personally. And I just want to kind of give you something that I hopefully help. I had to decide if I was going to be dead while literally being alive, but dead spiritually, dead emotionally, dead mentally, and just watching life pass by? Or was I going to figure out a way to survive and live, right? Um, It's hard. It's hard to do either one. It's hard to figure out which way to go. It's hard to figure out exactly what God is telling you to do, how you should do it. But I had to talk to God and just come to the conclusion of that if he could just help me survive, I'll try each day to thrive to the best of my ability. And one day I won't have to try as hard. It'll just come natural. And so my final words of encouragement to you guys are who are struggling with anything is choose to live. Choose to live. Okay, choose life, right? And don't be dead among the living. Just be yourself and live. Because so many of us are alive, but we are not living. We are not living full lives. We are not living well-rounded lives. And there are so many factors that play a part into that. But if I can leave you guys with any final advice is do not be the dead among the living. Please be the living among the living. Live, live, don't just survive, thrive, and live. This is your action call from here on out. No matter how hard life gets, I want you guys to choose to live. That will be easier said than done in this world and in this life. But listen to me, guys. Live, choose life. Thank mm-hmm. you.